enough to know that Jesus loves me. Now I've never had riches and I've never wanted fame. It's always been quite enough to know that Jesus knew my name. When my life here is over, I want my last words to be. It was enough to know that Jesus loved me. And it's enough to know a man died for a stranger. And he loved me before I knew him. I want the simple things to matter most like a hill and a tree. And it's enough to know that Jesus loves me. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. 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 God is good all the time. Hallelujah. While you remain standing, we want to continue to welcome my guests. Ms. Willis, we're glad you're in church with us this morning. She's a guest of Alice and Richard Quillen, David Ward, uh, Trina and uh, Jamie Griffin. We're glad y'all are here. Brother Buck's family, Scott Deal, Chris Venable. We're glad everybody's here. If we missed you, we, we want you to know that you're a double welcome today. So, But uh, Brother Looper's coming and going to be preaching. And Let's get behind him this morning. Sunday morning, and God has been good to us all. So let's help Brother Looper preach this morning. Brother Looper, preach to us. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. You may be seated. It's always good to be able to come to church. And I am glad for every opportunity that I have to come and to magnify and lift up the name of the Lord. We're serving a great, big, wonderful God. And I believe that he is worthy of all of our praise. I don't think there is any way possible that we could praise him enough for all of his greatness. Let me say that again. I don't believe there's any way possible that we could ever praise him enough for all of his greatness. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. And I tell you what, God is just, he has done us a favor by allowing us to be in his house this morning. And uh, I am thankful every opportunity that I get to come to the house of God and uh, worship the Lord in the spirit of truth. Along with Brother Cooper, we welcome everyone uh, that is here this morning. Lord bless you for coming to the house of God. All of our guests, we're just honored and thrilled that you come to be with us today. And uh, our desire is for you that you will not make this your one and only, our last time to come to the house of God, but you'd come back and be with us again. And uh, Lord bless you for being here. Uh, all of our guests, we give, you, uh, we give you a special invitation to come back. Lord bless you. And uh, it's, um, it is, I tell you what, it's been some beautiful weather the last couple of days. 
We had a great time out at Brother Buck and Sister Donna's yesterday evening and I had a good crowd, ate a lot of food and I stayed around that barbecue pit and I was so full when I left. I, uh, I tell you what, I was miserably full. But uh, it was all good. Thank the Lord for uh, a great day, the opportunity that he's given us to uh, enjoy each other's fellowship. And uh, I tell you what, God is a good God. Amen. Let's remember the, uh, the Golden Eagles will be soaring Tuesday night. That is, I believe that's this Tuesday night at 6.30. Be going to the Long Star Restaurant. And uh, so anyone that is planning on attending that, please sign up on the bulletin board. There's a list for a sign-up sheet. Please do that today. And uh, also, if you need a ride, if you'll see Sister Baldry or get in contact with Brother Sister Baldry, they'll see that you have transportation. want to remember my sister. She's in need of prayer today. I ask you to pray for her. Uh, we were leaving uh, this afternoon after service. Her surgery was supposed to be in the morning, but they've uh, put it off until Tuesday morning, so we'll be leaving tomorrow. And uh, ask for your prayers. The Lord give us a safe trip and give her a safe and successful surgery. This is the same surgery that they did a few months ago that did not work, so uh, we need God's help and uh, work in a miracle in that situation. And... Uh, <clears throat> So then we'll be getting back here Wednesday, be here at church Wednesday night, and then Thursday leaving to go to Belize. So be uh, especially in deep prayer for that trip. And uh, so we'll be gone over the weekend, coming back Monday from Belize. So anyway, I don't know how I've been, uh, uh, I would just say, compelled into this or whatever whatever <laughs> I really don't count it a big privilege but but uh, anyway pray that the Lord to bless us we'll be having church brother Joiner's having a camp meeting over there so we'll be having church uh, Thursday night Friday Friday night Saturday and Saturday night and Sunday and Sunday night so uh, ask the Lord to give us a great move of the Holy Ghost also remember nursing home ministry is Thursday so all that are participating in that, be ready to go. Uh, already said the Golden Eagles are going soaring Tuesday. And the ladies' prayer meeting Tuesday at 10 o'clock. And uh, pray for, we have finally started, uh, got everything worked out. Where Thursday, they'll be starting a jail ministry. Brother Trey is over that. And that will be starting Thursday. So pray that the Lord will move in that area of outreach that God will do a work in people's lives. Uh, so uh, anyway, if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn with us to Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 6, verse number 13. Now this morning I'll be reading a lengthy passage of Scripture, and I am aware of the Sunday before I left, uh, going on vacation, I preached um, about Noah but I'm going to preach about Noah again. I got a little fuzzing up here or something. I don't know what's going on, but see if we can get that out. Uh, but I preached about Noah, but I'm going to take a different angle this morning at something the Lord has been dealing with me about for quite some time now and just really put it on my mind 
all this week. So I want to do my best to give to you what the Lord has given me. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 13. The scripture said, And God said unto Noah. Now this is very, very important. Remember these first few words here. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, the height of, of it 30 cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. Now, this is something important. Remember these couple of scriptures right here. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. This was the covenant that God made with Noah. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring to the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female of fowls after their kind and cattle after their kind every of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive for this purpose to keep them alive and take thou uh, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten and thou shalt gather it to thee and it shall be for food for thee and for them Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Now, three, there is four scriptures, the first part of verse number 13, and uh, I want to read to you again. And God said unto Noah, God said unto Noah, verse number 17, and behold, I even I, will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy the flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy son's wife with thee. Verse number 2, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Now, after all of that said and done, I normally read one or two passages of scripture and I preach about 45 minutes. Just think, 
all of those scriptures to deal with this morning. Lord bless you. You can be seated. <laughs> Hope you ate a big breakfast this morning. No, we're not going to be that long. And uh, I, I want to uh, preach to you from this subject this morning. And, and uh, I, I, the Lord just, he gave me this probably a year ago. So just think, I've had all that time to think about this. But just this week, the Lord has really been dealing with me about it. And I felt that it was a perfect time to give to you uh, the message that the Lord has laid on my heart. I want to preach to you from this subject, the quiet time. The quiet time. Um, I, I, I read about and this scripture dealing with the ark and God's commandments. There is, there is so much to deal with in these passages of scripture that I have read. More than just the story of Noah building the ark. But there is, there is many, many things to deal with in different aspects of the scriptures that I have read this morning. But... The size of the ark, I believe what God told Noah was very, very important. I believe that the commandments that he gave him, that I want you to build an ark, we know that that was important. And he said, I want you to build it out of gopher wood. Now that was very important. And he said, I, I, I've got a size that I want you to build it. That was very important. And I want you to pitch it within and without. That was very important. All of these things were the instructions that God had given him. Now, this is measured in cubits this morning in the scripture. Uh, let's break that down to maybe we will see the, di the dimensions of the ark. And the cubit is uh, somewhere around 18 inches. It's, it's measured by... The length of your elbow to the tip of your fingers is kind of what they were going by here. And somewhere around 18 inches. At this, at 18 inches, the size that God told Noah to build the ark, the ark was somewhere around 440 foot long. And uh, somewhere around 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. A pretty big, pretty big boat. That he was building in his backyard. A uh, little, little different than your normal everyday life. Not every day you'd get up and say, I'm going to build, I'm going to build an ark that, that is 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Have three stories and only one window and one door. That is very important. Everybody thinks that there's many, many roads that leads to heaven. That there is no certain way, there is no certain plan. There's not but one way to get there. Now you you can you can go a bunch of different directions and 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 end up uh, in a lot of different places. But if you're going to heaven, you're going to go the right way. There's only one door into heaven, and uh, anybody that tries to go any other way than the plan of God is the same as a thief and and uh, a, a robber, and, and, and uh, you know, we know that, that no thieves are going to make it to heaven, no liars is going to make it there, so you're going to have to go according to the plan and the will of God. God gave us a, a specific plan to go by, and that is the Acts 2.38 message, that you must repent, you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, 
no other way to be baptized. Uh, any other way, you're just getting wet. And uh, then you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, that is the starting. That is the place that you start. And uh, that is a necessity. There, there is great necessity. on. If, if you don't get that right, no use to worry about anything else. Because you're in, uh, your, your road is going to end in destruction. But that's not what I came to preach about. But, but there is a lot to say about just quiet time. And, and um, I, know, I know nowadays they've come up with this new idea of, uh, of punishment. And uh, uh, too bad my parents didn't ever understand it. Wait just a minute. That reminds me. Before I go any further here, uh, how many how many looked at the Beaumont Enterprise this morning? Anybody look at the Beaumont Enterprise? Lord have mercy. What do y'all do on Sunday mornings? Man, you got to get up and read that newspaper every morning. And uh, so I, I get I get inspired. I get depressed. <laughs> you get all of those things out of reading the newspaper, but. But uh, if, you, if you did not read it, now if, uh, I know a lot of our younger couples are not here, but if anybody uh, has children and raising children, you need to go get the paper and read the, the article that's on the front page about the cell phone situations. And uh, I've been screaming about this for ever since, I guess, I've been able to scream since cell phones has got so popular. And uh, you know what? Society is realizing that it's not a good idea to supply all these kids with cell phones. So if you have children, I encourage you very strongly, read it and then pray about it. And if you read it and pray about it, you won't buy your child a cell phone at a young age. I got that much confidence in God. So uh, anyway, let's get back to the message. I know you didn't like that, but probably didn't enjoy it, but it's good anyway. Uh, so, so uh, anyway, but but let's let's move on because I I, I I got a lot to say and I know I'm running out of time and you got my time already started, but there there is um, there is a a, a uh, idea of of instead of correcting children the old fashioned way, I read in a book somewhere it said if you spare the rod you'll spoil the child. Can't remember what what book that was. I, I, I believe it might have been this one. But um, anyway, but they have come up with the new idea that, that you give them quiet time or time out. And that's where you set them in the corner and, and uh, don't say anything to them and don't let them say anything. But there is a lot to be said about quiet time. I could, I could imagine um, me smarting off to my mother or my dad, daddy, and him saying, go, go stick your nose in the corner. It was uh, bend over the bed. Uh, well, actually, my mama did it mostly. It was now. This is what she was cruel, and I, I, I told her. I told her in later years that she did this, and she denied it to her passing day. But she did it. She would grab you by the hair of the head with one hand, and she'd take her slipper off in the other hand. And she'd hold you up there good and tight where you couldn't get away, and she would tear you up. That's her form of time out and quiet time. Uh, and then she would whip you until you cried, and then whip you and tell you to shut up. I never figured that out until I got children. <laughs> so if 
if you don't have children, be careful what you say to your parents because eventually it'll come back and you'll do the very same thing. Uh, spank them until they cry and then quit that snubbing. You can't quit. It just, it just happens. But anyway, so there, there is a lot to be said about quiet time and there, there, there is good, good times to get along and, and just be quiet. And uh, I, I read this and it's kind of comical because it's, it feels... Uh, it tells a story of my household quite, quite uh, realistically. It says, we seem to be frightened today by being alone. We never let it happen, that the, being alone. Even if family and friends and uh, all of these things, and the, there is still the radio that fills the void in our life. Now, instead of of um, letting our life just kind of have a quiet moment every once in a while and let our own dreams blossom into our minds and into our spirits and into reality, we choke the space with continuous music, continuing chattering, and uh, our, our companionship to which we do not even listen. It's just noise to fill the void. It's simply there to fill the vacuum. When the noise stop, when the noise stop, there is no inner music to take its place. I come into my house quite often and the radio is a blaring. And I go into another room and there's a radio blaring and it, it's something totally different than what's in the other room and going to another room. Nobody's even in there. Just noise. Every night when I go to bed, I turn on something just to make some noise while I drift off to sleep. And uh, my, my wife and, and, and my kids, they have, they have players in the back of the, video, in, in the, back of the, uh, the uh, car and they have Game Boys and they have iPods and all of them when they sit down in the seat they got earphones over their head and uh, then we have the radio in the front that is that is playing and all of them playing something different but everybody is occupied with their own thing not a light a lot of quiet time I'll turn the radio off and won't be saying anything and my wife said don't you want to listen at the radio let's listen to this story and and I, I get tired of listening at it I guess and just just want to be quiet every once in a while. But that is something that our society is not. We're all used to the city, the hustle, the bustle, and going around and, and all the activities that are going. But sometimes it's just, it's just, it's just good to be quiet. It's good to... Uh, I, I'm not a person that really likes to be alone, but every once in a while I like to go and sit in a boat by myself and fish by myself and sit in a deer stand and be quiet by myself, but, but lots of times I, ca I catch myself carrying my earphones to listen at a book while I'm sitting in a deer stand. Just occupy the void that is there, the emptiness, the, the uh, quiet time. But, but when I read about Noah, now this, this is something that, that I really don't enjoy about quiet. There is times in our spiritual walk with God that there is going to be quiet times. 
There's going to be times where God, He's just not talking. He's not really saying anything at all. I, I, have, I have been around people that God is always speaking to. God spoke to me in an audible voice. I can't really stand here today and say that I have heard the audible voice of God. And uh, I believe I've heard the voice of God, but not where, where I just, it sounded like a normal voice coming out of the midst of nowhere. But I, I'm sure there has people, there is people that has done that. And I, I have been around people that, that God told me this and God told me that. There's a lot of times, more times in my life than the other that God's really not telling me a whole lot of anything. I have to go by what I know and what God has said in the past and what this book has instructed me to do. And uh, I, I, I look at Noah's life. Now, in verse number 13 of the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis, the scripture said, And God said unto Noah. God said unto Noah. God gave Noah instructions. The first thing that God did was God spoke to Noah. The second thing God did was God told him what he was going to do. He said, Noah, now I have looked at this situation that we are faced with of people, and I have seen their sin, I've seen their perversion, I've seen their activities. He said, I am going to destroy this water, this, this, this world with water. And then number three, he told Noah what to do. He said, make thee an ark of gopher wood. That's what I want you to do. He said, I have found that you are a righteous man. God spoke to him. God told him what he was planning to do. And then God told Noah what to do. And then before God quit speaking, God done something very important that I'm sure came to play time after time in Noah's life, God told him about his covenant. He said in verse number 18, But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. This was the covenant that God made with Noah. God made Noah a promise. He said, now if you do what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to do what I told you I'm going to do. There is one thing about God that you can always rest assured in. That what God has promised, He is also able to bring to pass that which He has promised. God never leaves someone. God never puts somebody out there that's serving Him and said, I'm going to leave you all by myself, all by yourself and never come to check on you again. But God is always looking. He is always watching. And He is always concerned about His church. Then after God told him about His covenant, God got quiet. For the whole time of building an ark, the whole time of pounding the nails in the ark, 
The whole time of going and cutting down the trees. The whole time of working around. The whole time of preaching. The whole time of everything that was going on for some hundred and twenty years of Noah's life. That the building of the ark went on. God never said a word. It was quiet time. Noah, I'm sure, thought in his mind. Now, was it just uh, my imagination or did God really tell me to build an ark? Now, I thought me and God had a relationship here. And I, I didn't know that he was just going to leave me out here building this boat. And God never come by to encourage Noah one time. God never come by and patted him on the back and said, Noah, man, you're doing a great work here. Everything, everything is looking good. You only got 45 years left to build the ark and I'm going to send a flood. No, God said what he was going to do one time and then God got quiet. I want to ask you this morning, how many of you have started your life in living for God and man, the voice of God spoke to you. You felt the glory and the power of God. It felt like every time that you prayed, the presence of God come into the room. It felt like that God was always encouraging you. God was always strengthening you. God was always helping you. And then all of a sudden, God goes quiet. And you're just walking along. Wondering, my Lord, what in the world happened to my relationship with God? Where did God go? It's the quiet time that you find out how dedicated and how committed that you are to God. Over and over, day after day, Noah got up and went working on the boat without God's command saying, Noah, get up and build the ark. There is going to be times in our life of walking with God, living for God, that it's going to be quiet times that we're going to go through. It's going to feel like a drought in our life from hearing the Word of God. Amen. It seemed like that, that with this Bible, there is a space of some hundred or, or three hundred years or, or, or a, a period of time, I can't think off the top of my head how many years it was, that God never spoke to His people, but they lived by the commandments that they had heard in the past. I want to tell you today, don't get discouraged when you're not hearing from God every day. Don't get discouraged in prayer when you're praying and it feels like nothing is happening. Amen. Remember the covenant that God made with you years ago that said, if you serve me, I'm going to go with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we feel like that God has forsaken. Psalms chapter 22 and verse number 1. Amen. This is a psalm of David and this is what he was saying. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, David, a man that God said, this is a man after my own heart. This is somebody that I love. This is someone that I want to spend time with. David even was wondering in his own spirit, God, why have you forsaken me? 
Where have you gone, God? What is going on in my life? I, I feel like that you are nowhere to be found. But it was in that time that David had to rely on what he had been promised a long time ago. Amen. It was years, it was years that went by trouble that came about his life after he was anointed to be king over God's people that problems occurred in his life. He was chased around all over the country. He lived in caves. He lived in the jungle. Amen. He tried to find a place of safety and could not find it. And there was times that he was wondering, God, where are you at? God, I know what you said, but where are you at in this time of my life? Amen. But God was always there. He may not have been saying a whole lot, but God was always near and I come to tell you this morning saint of God don't get discouraged in the quiet time God is still there God knows where you're at God knows what you're going through God knows what you're facing in life hallelujah it's very very easy to get discouraged in the quiet time 120 years is a long time to go without hearing from God. Sometimes our friends will say, Psalm 71 and 11, saying, God hath forsaken him. Man, look at all the problems. God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take and take him. For there is none to deliver. If God still cared about you, you wouldn't be going through this trial. If God still cared about them, they wouldn't be facing this sickness. If God still cared about them, they wouldn't be losing everything they have. And your friends even will come by. Who was it that came by? Job's house. It was his friends that came by and said, Job, man, you have done something very, very bad. Something has gone on in your life that has really upset God. But Job said, I don't know what God is doing. Amen. God didn't speak to him. God didn't tell him, hey, Job, I've got a test coming by your way. Hey, Job, I just want to encourage you that I'm still here. No, God, just let the problem come. Amen. And Job had to rely on his former experience of when everything was going good. God's still real. And in the valley, God is still going to be real. In the quiet time, God is still making a way in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Job, what in the world is going on? What is happening? What is taking place? Job said, though God slay me, yet will I trust Him. You're not going to discourage me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what kind of problem that I have. God is still my God. And God is a faithful God. I may not be hearing from Him right now, but God is on the way to make a way in my life. Amen. Amen. Let's look at the covenant that God made with Noah. This is a covenant that God made with Noah. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark. Number one, Noah, 
If you do what I'm saying, you're going to be saved. Thou and thy sons, if you do what I'm saying, Noah, what I have told you, your children are going to be saved. And thy wife, Noah, if you continue to do what I told you in the beginning, your child, your wife is going to be saved. Noah, if you continue to do what I have told you in the beginning, your wife's sons are going to be saved. Amen. I want to tell you, I want to remind you all over again that your children are a promise unto God for you. Amen. You don't have to give in to the devil that's trying to destroy and ruin and wreck their life. Amen. You may not be seeing the promise fulfilled right now, but hang on to what God has already said. Amen. Keep living right. Keep doing right. Keep keep praying right. Keep worshiping right. And God is still going to keep His covenant that God has made with His people. Amen. You don't have to have some of us today, we feel like that if somebody don't come by and pat us on the back and tell us how great we're doing and how proud they are of us that we can't hardly make it through the day of serving God. Oh, the preacher hadn't been by in six months and told me that he loved me. No, you have to go on what God has already told you. Hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if nobody shakes my hand. It doesn't matter if anybody comes by to see me when I'm sick or when I'm in trouble. Ain't anybody comes by to encourage me and say, you can make it. Hang on in there, sister. Everything's going to be all right. I'm going by what God has already promised. Amen. I'm going by what God has already told me. I'm going to keep working on the boat. I'm going to keep building for the safety of my family. Amen. I'm going to keep working in the quiet times of my life. Amen. Can I tell you in your life of walking and living for God... Man, it's not going to be Sunday night shouting, dancing, running the aisles, walking the backs of the pews, jumping in the baptistry, feeling all the time. I wish it was. I think it ought to be a lot more often than, than it is. But, but it's not always going to be that way. There's going to be some times in your life that you're going to question, man, what is going on? What is happening? I have done everything that I could possibly do. And it seems like the devil is about to destroy me anyway. And God, it's been so long since I've heard a word from you. It's been so long since you've spoken to me, God. I don't even know where you're at. Have you ever prayed and you felt that way of screaming, God, just where are you at in the midst of my trouble? Amen. I'm sure there was times in Noah's life where he went out there and started pounding the hammer against that old piece of wood. And people would come around and make fun and ridicule and criticize. How long has it been since you heard from God? How long has it been since he affirmed what you're doing? It's been about... 85 years now. Amen. And Noah would lift his head and say, God, are you sure that I'm doing the right thing? Nothing. Nothing. 
Not a word. Just keep on building the ark. Keep on working for God. Amen. I tell you what, I'd get out and witness, but nobody would compliment on it. I'd get out, I'd get out and do something, but nobody would even recognize it. I'd get out and pick up trash on the lawn when I seen a piece of trash out there, but nobody would tell me I was doing a good job or thank you. I'd come over to church and do something, but, but no, I'd, I'd teach Sunday school, but you know the kids don't appreciate it. Nobody ever says anything about it. Just keep on working on the ark. It's going to rain one day. God's already made a promise it's going to rain one day. The end of the world is coming one day. And what you have done for God is the only thing that's going to matter. And you can rest assured that this book is true. This book is tested. This book is tried. It's never failed. It's never, it's never missed it. It's always right. And it's going to continue to be right. And what you have got to do in the midst of your quiet time. Just stay faithful to God. I'm going to keep on working. Then, after some hundred and twenty years, the scripture said, all of a sudden, in Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1, and the Lord said unto Noah, all of a sudden, out of the midst of nowhere, Noah was standing back looking at the work that had just recently been completed. And he's wondering, where do I go from here? What do I do next? What direction do I go, God? I got my whole yard taken up in this crazy boat that I've built. And I haven't heard from you. And I don't know what you want me to do with it. There's no moving company that can move it to the ocean. There's nothing that it's going to serve. No good purpose. God, what now? And all of a sudden, out of the midst of nowhere... And God, the Lord, said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house in the ark. For thee have I seen righteousness. What do you mean all the time, God, you were sitting up there somewhere, looking over the balconies of heaven and watching me? God said, In thee, Noah, I have seen. I have been watching. I have been paying attention. I know what you've been going through. I know what you're facing. I know what you've been going through in life. And I have seen you. Now it's time to come into the ark. Just like the children are the disciples of Christ. Jesus told them, said, go to the other side of the lake. Get in the boat, go to the other side of the lake. They left. Jesus stayed and went up into the mountain to pray. They were out there in the midst of the storm of their life that they thought they were going to lose their life. And Jesus was up on the mountain. But you know what was going on? He could have spoke the word and everything would have been calm. But the scripture said, Jesus was watching them. All the time they were out there in the midst of the storm, he never said anything to them. He never let them know that he was watching them. It was a quiet period in their life where they wondered, am I going to sink? Am I going to drown? Am I going to lose my life? Where in the world is Jesus at? 
But all the time he was standing up there watching them on the mount. And all of a sudden, in the midst of their storm, in the midst of the time of critical time of their life where they thought they were going to die, Jesus came walking to them upon the water. In the midst of your hardest time, when you think that you can't make it another day, amen, when you think that you are at the end of your rope, don't give in because God is going to make a way when there seemeth to be no way. All of a sudden, Noah hears from God again. Then he goes into the boat. Nothing else is said. Now what do I do? Seven days he sat there. All of a sudden God shut the door. Still, God says nothing. Nothing is said. For 40 days and 40 nights, just the pounding of the rain, drifting upon the water. Oh man, can you imagine the rolling, the moving? Ooh, you ever been deep sea fishing? Everybody needs to go once. Oh, getting sick. Hearing the noise, the smell that was in that old boat. And his family, his wife saying, Noah, what in the world is going on? His son saying, Daddy, have we got there yet? Are we there yet? How much further? Well, how many miles is that? How long does that take? What's that like driving to? Over and over again, have you heard from God? No. What about today? Have you heard from God? No. What's God going to do? I don't know what God's going to do. Well, why don't you get in there and pray until you hear from God? I prayed for six days straight and I still haven't heard from Him. Nothing said. God just leaves it quiet. Can you imagine? Just think about that. You're in a boat not knowing how long it's going to rain, not knowing where you're going to end up, not knowing what's going to happen. All you know is God's going to kill everybody. And then God don't even talk to you. And the scripture says in 8, Genesis 8 and verse number 1, And God remembered Noah. When the devil said, Noah, God don't even know who you are. Has the devil ever told you in your life, God don't even know your name? But I'm here to serve the devil notice and to let you be stirred up in the memory of your mind. God knows every hair that is on your head. God knows just what you're going through. God knows just what you need. Not sometimes, but every time. God remembered Noah. God gave Noah the instructions again. God in His covenant with His people, Matthew chapter 28, verses number 20, it says, this is what you should do, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even 
unto the end of the world. Sister Stephanie, if you'd come get ready to sing. If you know that song, I believe you sung it in a funeral. Reassure me, Lord, if you'd sing that, please. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What does that mean? That means in the quiet time of your life, God is still there. Some of you this morning might be going through the quietest time of your life. Oh yes, there is chaos. There is tragic circumstances. You're having trouble with your family. You're having trouble with everything else that can be imagined. You may not know where your next dollar is coming from. It might seem like the end of the world. But let me tell you, at the end of the world, God said, I'm going to be there with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Psalms chapter 37, verse number 25. This is what David had to say after his life. At the conclusion of his life, after all that he had been through, he said, I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I've seen a lot of things, but this one thing I have not seen, someone that stayed faithful to God, that God did not see them through to the end. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8 and 9 says, And we are troubled on every side. The Apostle Paul surely could write this. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. What he's saying is, there's going to be times in your life where it seems like everything that can happen is going to happen. Everything that's possibly bad can go wrong, it's going to go wrong. You ever wake up and just have a bad day? It just starts out rough, it starts out bad, and it only gets worse from there. Don't think that God has forsaken you. Don't think that God has left you. Don't think that God has thrown you out to be all by yourself. Don't think that God has thrown you out to be all by yourself. Some things just happen because we're humans. And humans make mistakes and do foolish things at times. But God said when you're having a bad day, I may not say anything. You may not hear my voice. The preacher might not come by or give you a phone call to pat you on the back and tell you how great a saint of God that you are. But what really matters when I'm not saying anything and it's the quiet time in your life, I'm still there. Reassure me, Lord, that the road you chose 
That's what you chose for me, God. I don't know this morning, but someone might be needing a reassuring hand of God. And it seems like God is nowhere to be found. And you just about at the end of your road and ready to throw in the towel and say, God, if you love me, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you just say something? Why won't you just say something? If you know where I'm at, God, why don't, why don't you just, just say, hey, I know you. Just remind me. God has come by to remind somebody this morning. Hey, it's a quiet time. But look at this book. It's full of promises that when you commit yourself to me, I'm not going to leave you. You might lose a loved one, but God is still there. You might wonder why, God, are they gone, but God is still there. You might wonder why, God, am I having trouble in my family when I've done everything that I know to do. And God don't say anything. But He's looking over the balcony of heaven right now at your situation. And He's saying, I know you. I know where you're at. And I'm not about to leave you. Hallelujah. 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 Reassure me, Lord, that your hand is guiding me. Reassure me, Lord. Let me know the road that I chose. This is what you want for me, God. I just need to feel your touch one more time. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, God's ready to let you feel that reassuring hand one more time as we all stand every head bowed every eye closed why don't someone talk to God right now as she sings this song I wonder I wonder if you want to say God I'm in that place God I'm I'm facing that situation I haven't heard your voice I haven't heard that reassuring voice, God, in so long. Just let me know this road is what you chose for me. I can make it through anything, God, if I know that you're there. Why don't you come to this front this morning and lift your hands toward heaven and say, God, it's me again. God, I know you promised me my children, God, but it don't look like it's going to happen. But I'm just going to go on what you've told me in the past. God, I've done everything I can. God, I don't understand what I'm going through, but as long as I know you're there, God, I I know everything's going to be all right. Reassure me, God. Reassure me, God. Does anybody need that reassuring hand of the Lord? Thank you.
Let me just hear your voice again, God. Oh, God, if, if I could just hear your voice driving these nails in this old boat would be so much easier. If I just knew without a doubt you were there watching me, God, it would be so much easier. Oh, reassure me, Lord. This quiet time of my life. Reassure me, God. Hallelujah. 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 This sickness, God, would be so much easier to go through if you just reassure me, Lord. Oh, God. I don't have to know why. I just need to know that you're there. I come to tell you this morning, He's there. Hallelujah. 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 God wants to do a work in somebody's life right now. God wants to help somebody right now. Come on, saint of God. Come on, backslider. Why don't you reach out to God right now? Why don't you allow God to do something in your life? Whatever problem that you're going through right now, God's able to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. When the devil says it's over, when the devil says there is no way, God's ready to step on the scene in your life. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't the rest of the church come gather around the front right now. Find someone that's praying. Find someone that's reaching out to God. Help someone. Help someone that's struggling this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So you say your days are lonely. And your nights only fear. And the dreams you've dreamed have crumbled. And your smiles have turned to tears. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's no need for you to worry when you've done all. Simply stay. Soon you feel. Holy presence Hallelujah. and the touch 